This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. Well, without his two assists, we don't win that game. It's as simple as that. He showed enormous amount of courage to, to react in a positive way from the, the penalty miss. Um, and that speaks a lot about him as a man. You know, and he's, we, we've spoken about this time and time again. I think it's unfair to put that pressure of, you know, he's not scored. Yeah, well, without his two assists tonight, we don't get the goals. There's only him that could have come in on his left foot and played that ball to Aaron. You know, there's only him at the end that would have thought to, and had the pace and power to get past the defender for a short corner in the minute um, and, and do what he did for, for Con at the finish. So, yeah, it's not just about scoring goals, it's about being a team player and, and setting goals up, and he's certainly done that. On the ball on BFM 89.9. Wales boss Rob Page bigging up talisman Gareth Bale after that Welsh win against Turkey into day two. Of oh, day two into round two of the group <laughs> matches we go of Euro 2020. You see what lack of sleep does to you? I'm trying my best, people. <laughs> I come to you bleary eyed, but I still come to you with the guys in tow. And the guys are Bob Holmes is here. Hello, Bob. Hi. That, yeah, we keep it minimal. <laughs> 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 Craig Marias is also here. Hello, Craig. How you doing, Ross? Match day. It's derby day. Um, Old old enemy day. (laughs) Des Corkill is also here. Hello, Des. As an honorary tough, I've rather enjoyed lots of what's been going on, um, but uh, it's all very sanitised. That's going to be my take on this uh, round one so far. I I think that's the whole generation of people you're talking about. (laughs) I know what you mean about sanitise. Everything is these days. And and yeah, let's not go into that yet. Let's tell you that you can tweet the guys individually or you can tweet at BFM Radio. Also follow us on, on social media, BFM Football on Instagram and on Facebook as well. Right, we heard interim Welsh boss Rob Page at the start uh, in Group A, Turkey nil, Wales two. Wales now move on to four points. Gareth Bale, Aaron Ramsey, Bob Holmes summoning up the spirit of 2016, helped by Dan James running down the wing, of course. Yes, uh, tremendous stuff, isn't it? Really, and I don't think anyone expected uh, deja vu of that five years ago. And uh, they, they look just as good as they did then, don't they? Um, and you wouldn't put it past them to, to get quite deep into this tournament now. Uh, they were given the, the short straw in terms of the, um, the fixtures, having to play in the furthest part of Europe. And it meant that uh, they could only have a few spectators who were there, but they've made, uh, made their voices heard. And the 2016 spirit is uh, abundant, isn't it? Bale, and well, in fact, the whole of the Welsh team, I was, I was thinking b- before that game, I was thinking there are quite a lot of players in this tournament who are playing better for their countries than they do for their clubs. But when it comes to Wales, you start with Bale, you look at Ramsey, you go through the entire team. Mm. I mean, Danny Ward has yet to play for Leicester City in a league game, yet he looks one of the best keepers there. I, I mean, it's amazing how they rise to the occasion when, when they're playing for Wales. I mean, they've got guys like Joe Morrell, who hardly gets a game for Luton Town. Yeah. I mean, these 
you know, uh, most, I think most people, even us, we, we hadn't even heard, we hadn't heard of everybody in the Welsh squad, I don't think. Let's be honest, I hadn't. And, and yet they're playing out of their skins and they are almost certain to go through now. I, I don't think they'll beat Italy, but I don't think they need to. They'll go through four points is virtually enough with this system of uh, four, uh, th- th- the best third place teams going yeah. through. So uh, they're, lo- they're looking great. And no, no one predicted this. No one, no one predicted this. And it raises quite a few uh, points here. In, in, not least, where does Gareth Bale go next season? Does he stay at Real Madrid? I imagine there'd be a few clubs wanting him now. But uh, good on you, Wales. It's absolutely fantastic stuff. Really enjoying uh, their run. Before we, 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 we carry on about Gareth Bale, well worth talking about Bale, but Turkey were, were considered pre-tournament dark horses here. And, and there, there was, you know, a lot of people really fancied them, Des. But, um, I mean, I look at that squad. Cenk Tosun maybe is the only one regularly playing that, that's missing. They, they looked really poor in, in both games so far. Uh, Turkey have, other than the 2002 it was, I think they, they got third place in the World Cup. They've never done anything on an, on an international stage. I remember when we were um, previewing them, uh, you, that was the first time you really look at the squads and you go, okay, who they've got? They've got uh, uh, Hakan from AC Milan. They've got a couple of decent centre-backs, but we, we looked at them and, and then... All of this, oh, Turkey, young team, let's look out for them. Let's see what they can do on the big stage. And I, I don't think many people, many people certainly on, on this programme, thought Turkey were going to do anything. They've been very ordinary. They've got very little. They, they, they defend or they, they don't try to win games. Oh, no, let, let's change that. They don't win the midfield battles. Yeah. And I think what we're finding here is if you get the ball, if you win the ball, if you're if if you're or if you're compact and are able to break out, then you, you've got a chance of winning games. Turkey, there seems to be Yilmaz charging around like a, a bull up front, a back four who are relatively solid, but the gap in between is a big gap, and that's where Bale was just able to pick out. How is Bale not man marked one to one after the first time that he's released? Um, uh, Aaron Rams. I actually did Any, that. Well done. <laughs> Thanks. <then>. Okay. <laughs> Any real coach really says, "Okay, Bale is 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 ghosting in. He's finding little space, and Ramsey is making those runs." It happened not once, not twice, but the third time they got the goal, and then it continued to happen, not with the same two in the second half. But I'm just looking at the the coaching or the player awareness or the space, and I'm going, "How how are Turkey that good? Wales Wales were very good." And took advantage of Turkey. Gosh, not not good at all. Yeah, um, Gareth Bale. Uh, if you want to run down the clock towards the end of the game, corners, do it, Gareth Bale styley, because that really throws the opposition. <laughs> Twice he did it. Um, all right. Well, look, the the other the other team in the group is one of the pre-tournament favourites. They're living up to to the mantle as well. Uh, Italy three, Switzerland nil was the other Group A game. Well, you've seen Italy twice now, Craig Marias. Mancini not only looks the smartest boss on the touchline, he's certainly the, the, the most well-turned-out one as well. Yeah, um, Italy have been absolutely um, amazing in this tournament so far. Uh, two 3-0 wins. 
Uh, you can't. It doesn't get better than that, does it? But it's the performance of these boys uh, that they're putting in. Um, they, they just win it from the start. They they like overwhelm you and then get it over and done with, right? Early. Well, it's the tempo. It's the tempo that they're playing at, really. Um, you know, they've got a great midfield. We know that. I think Italy are always blessed uh, with good defenders and good midfielders. Um, but it's what they're doing in the final third of the pitch this time around, which is making the difference. And uh, when you have players like Berardi, Insignia, uh, Immobile up front, you always stand a chance of of really putting on an attack and display. And, and that's what they've done, you know. Uh, this time, however, it was Locatelli yeah. that was uh, getting all the plaudits and, and, and bombing forward. And it, it just it, it's just such a good team to watch. Um, and you don't really say that a lot about Italian teams or Italy in general. Uh, but I thought the big one was when... Um, when uh, Kalani came off, uh, he scored a goal. It was disallowed. He comes off, and then you think, "Oh, okay, he's an important part of that defence." You know how they're going to stand it, but um, they were absolutely fine. And um, talk about dark horses in this tournament. Um, Italy are definitely up there based on the first two matches. Obviously, it gets a lot tougher um, from from here on. But you, you just look at that. They got Chiesa to come into this side. Yeah. He, he's a he's a really good player as well. Uh, Belotti, you know, hasn't really had a sniff. Uh, I mean, there, there is some depth in that squad as well. Uh, so, yeah, are, are we looking at possible tournament favourites? Yeah, why not? Um, you know, they, they, they've come in, they've blown everyone away. And, um, I, and I can't see it stopping anytime soon. I, I think, Bob, the secret is quite obvious here. A, a rousing rendition of your national anthem. That really gets the blood pumping. <laughs> so and, and, yeah, and, and Italy have done it better than anyone else. Yeah, but uh, I think Wales would win every tournament if, uh, if it was down to national anthem. <laughs> no, that's just purely in tune, that's all. <laughs> Italy, I think the only thing that they're worried about is, have they started too well? Because I don't think anybody has ever won a major tournament having won the first two matches 3-0 and also having gone about two years without conceding a goal. Um, that's, that might make them a little concerned. But on the basis, on tournament performance so far, you'd say Italy are the best, definitely. If you had no access to the history books, couldn't Google, you would say, yeah, Italy, head and shoulders above anybody else so far. No question about it. Well managed as well. Yeah. Um, the, the Swiss, although they've been disappointing, they're still not out of it yet. It all, it all boils down to the final round of matches. Italy take on Wales at midnight Monday, so Sunday, Sunday night, Monday morning, and, and Switzerland play Turkey. Of course, the Swiss can tie with Wales on number of points won here. I, I, I mean... It's hard to look past Italy for group winners here. Des, who do you fancy to follow them through? Well, Switzerland are, are paying for the fact that they didn't take their chances against Wales on the first yeah. match day because uh, that was a one-all draw where Switzerland were the better team. Gavranovic had that late goal correctly disallowed. Uh, everyone's saying VAR disallowed it. The linesman was there with his flag up. The linesman disallowed it, as he should do, as he should be allowed to do because Gavranovic was offside. Uh, but they're calling it a, a wonderful intervention by VAR. It wasn't. Um, uh, the Swiss, though, they seem to Even have an issue. Even when VAR gets it right. But they yeah. uh, didn't need right. to be involved in it. That's the point. They're saying, oh, let's check everything. He's offside by a yard in the penalty area. 
So let's not praise VAR when VAR does not need praising because it's a pile of crap. Um, anyway, Shakiri has has been a little bit um, of a letdown for me. I was expecting him to see this as an opportunity to to really try to shine, and he's played in his number ten role. He's allowed freedom. He's not been able to really uh, release it. To be fair, he didn't get the ball against Italy, so he didn't have much chance. But in that game against Wales, he didn't dominate the way I'd hope. Uh, yeah, they've still mathematically got a chance in there, but um, I can't see them going. Beyond that, they're, 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 they're strongish. They're nice to watch. They play the game in a, in, a, in a pretty way. But like much of this tournament, I think it's been very... Um, there's hardly been a tackle being put in by Switzerland when they're one of the teams you need to get in. They need to get into the face of Italy. They need to get into the face of, of, of Wales. And there hasn't been... I can't recall a really bad tackle or a really strong challenge or something to really get the blood boiling as a neutral in, in many of these games, it's been so soporific, with one or two exceptions. The Wales performance was good. Last night's Belgium-Denmark was, was pretty pretty uh, impressive as well. But, gosh, it's so... Uh, and 16 team goes through. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, <clears throat> so the Swiss may, may follow Wales through yet, yeah, <laughs> if Wales get through. But, it, I mean, serious question, Craig. Um, Granit Xhaka is less effective with blonde hair. Discuss. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, take take that mean machine uh, vibe that he's got. Totally, going totally. totally. I, I was like, um, what's that number ten? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I know what you mean. I, I mean, for me as well. I, I was looking at it. I was wondering who's this new player that they got. Um, but yeah, I mean, th th this Swiss side. But I mean, uh, I mean I've I'm got, not really convinced. In, in their final game against Turkey, I mean, if anything's going to come from from the Swiss, Briel Mbolo looks the most promising. He can turn it on. He's got the physicality, the skill. Um, I fancy them more than Turkey, don't you? Um, I don't think I do, actually. Um, I know Turkey haven't been great in this tournament. And I, and I know, um, you know, like you said, you know, they, you know, you looked at that team before the start of the tournament and you thought, okay, maybe, uh, or they should be getting out of this group uh, along with Italy. But um, there's nothing from Switzerland that has suggested that they're much better, to be honest with you. Um, I think this is a this is a shootout on the final day of the, um, of the group stages. Um, I really do, and um, I, I think Turkey would probably want to go into this, and they wouldn't want to finish on zero points. Um, they they want to give the give a good account of themselves and, and get some pride and, and salvage some pride rather. Um, and I, I'm just going to go with Turkey with this. Um, I, I I know it hasn't been great. Um, I know Switzerland uh, have they been better? Maybe marginally, not much better. Um, so I just think this is going to be a shootout between the two. And um, I, I fancy Turkey to, to get something from this. Thing. Oh, and, all right. Well, well, yeah. the other one, Italy-Wales, Mancini may rest his squad and, and give the other players yeah. a, a run out. Uh, but Bob, um, what, what what you reckon? Who do you fancy? I mean, Italy, what, 29 matches unbeaten? They're going to go 30 unbeaten? I think so. Uh, yeah. Um, I don't know whether Wales will be going uh, quite so gung-ho uh, about this one. Um, but there is a danger that Switzerland could sneak ahead of them um, if they're not careful. If Switzerland were to hammer uh, Turkey and Wales were to get hammered by Italy, 
then Switzerland would go through in second place, but Wales would go through in third. Mm. And given the complexity of the draw and all the different possibilities, I don't think that Wales would be too concerned about uh, coming third as long as they got through. Because they're the underdog. They're the classic underdogs. They don't care who they play. Bring it on is their mantra, really. You know, the bigger, the better. So um, I think you might see a few, uh, dis, you know, discrete sort of uh, uh, substitutions here. And uh, they might not even play, start with, with the actual best team. Mm. Um, don't be surprised at that because there's a long way to go in this tournament. Um, so, yeah, it could become very tactical. Uh, initially, I was a bit critical of the number of um, teams in it you know, thinking, you know, how you're going to work this out. And it's not very satisfactory. You haven't got a proper group of death and all that. But on the other hand, it does give a team until the final game uh, a mathematical chance of getting through. And I think that's, um, that's you know, a, a big plus point. You're not out of this until you've played your last game. Uh, whereas you, if, they, if it's two to go through, you, you could be um, on goals difference, of course. So there is always hope. Um, I mean, uh, Turkey, um, e- even Turkey could mathematically get through this. Mm. So, you know, it's unlikely, but they could do it. So that's, that is something to be considered, I think. Um, so a 2014 uh, competition is uh, is probably not all not all bad. All right, that's Group A in a nutshell for you. We go into our first break. Back talking about the Belgians and the Russians next. And the Mancini method, some might say magic, is starting to work again. On the ball on BFM eighty nine point nine. With a breakthrough goal for Belgium. On the ball on BFM 89.9. Here we are, Bob Holmes, Des Corkill, Craig Marias, looking back at uh, the, the week's action. Of course, we're into round two of matches now uh, at Euro 2020. And uh, Group B, the two games were, were good, good to watch. Uh, Finland versus Russia, first from St. Petersburg. The, the Russians have... Um, fired themselves back into the competition. Uh, a very nice goal from Alexei Miranchuk, uh, a left foot curler into the top corner, Des Corkill. I know you're a football purist. You, you like that kind of goal, don't you? Uh, I do, but I, th- I thought he was given a little bit more, more space than he might have done by... Uh, but there were four guys around him, though, Exactly, and O'Shaughnessy's backed off and, and hasn't quite got there. So defending at the top level is... is um, you, you don't see Kalini do that. You don't see Bonucci giving uh, players that kind of space. It's a great finish, but you look at the space that he's got. He's allowed four touches in the yeah, penalty yeah, area. Yeah, okay. And if you're allowed four touches in the penalty area at the very top level, a good player is going to punish you. So, yes, it's a great finish, but you, you're just seeing the difference there between top-level defending and just not 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 so <laughs> fabulous. Um, I, 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 hopefully, we're going to get on to... Um, I mean, this group is dominated, obviously, by the reaction to the Christian Eriksen uh, heart attack, of course, and it's it, it, it's still permeating over even into in, into match day two. Uh, it didn't really, obviously, impact the the um, the Russia Finland game, 
Russia, home advantage, St. Petersburg. That's not really worked out for them, has it? It's no. more, um, uh, uh, it, it, everyone's talking about, hey, it's great to get the crowds back. It didn't work out for Hungary. Um, it, it kind of worked out for Italy and Rome, but that's because Italy have got a, a really bloody good team. Uh, interesting to see what happens to England. But for Russia, home advantage hasn't really told because Finland gave this a really good go. Finland were unlucky to have that early goal disallowed. What a um, goal that was. Uh, uh, it was a great goal, wasn't it? Yeah, Fabulous goal. Really so let's all cheer and then let's uh, <laughs> let's get the AR to ruin it for us. And, and so Joel... Let's, let's all do that. <clears throat> Joel Poyan Palo. That, that name, like, yeah. it's, got, it's got three regions attached to it, it sounds like. <laughs> not, they are a commentator's nightmare. I am feeling for the commentators for the Finns. It's, it's, a, it's an awkward one. But, but uh, yeah, not, not bad. Not, neither, neither, a good neither a good team, so neither Finland or Russia. Russia are very, very one-dimensional. Well, both now have all to play for, Finland and Russia, going into their final round of matches. The other Group B game was uh, Denmark 1, Belgium Two, um, the Danes. They, I mean, let's start with them. They started like a house on fire. This is, of course, post Christian Eriksen. Christian Eriksen was actually five hundred yards away in the hospital from that Parken Stadium, um, but they put on a show in that first half. Went in Bob Holmes with a one-nil lead over Belgium, and it really should have been more. Yeah, yeah. They were my uh, sort of dark horses. I was looking for someone to um, to do an Iceland uh, in this in this tournament, and I I, I picked Bel uh, Denmark, and um, and then unfortunately that happened to <laughs> Christian Eriksen, um, but uh, they're still in there battling and. That obviously was a factor in their first half performance, but you saw the difference in class when a certain Kevin De Bruyne came on. <laughs> um, absolute transformation, wasn't he? Um, and Lukaku had been neglected, suddenly found a bit of service and showed what he can do. So Belgium, yeah, they really are very good going forward, but worrying at the back, I mean, they're all over 30, um, some in their mid-30s, and they've got nobody to come in. I mean, uh, I joked before uh, off-air that uh, Vincent... Marlon is the other one in reserve, Bob. Yeah, he's 35. (laughs) He's older, older still. Well, uh, yeah, Vincent Company might might fancy a game. Boyata, yeah, but he's not not really up to it, is he? He's not not, uh, top class, anyway. And um, Denier, I can see why Man City let him go, even though they did, they needed a centre back. So um, that that is their weakness. Even though I mean they have a good keeper, Courtois. I think I rate him very highly. But I think that um, central defence and the the lack of pace there uh, it could be their undoing. And uh, Roberto Martinez has never been known for his ability to organize a defense, has he? He's always been admired for his attacking prowess and all that, but nowhere um, has he been known to sort out a defense like a Steve Clark or someone like that, for example. So yeah, Belgium, I think they'll, um, they could go deep into the tournament, but that is a, a fairly glaring weakness. I'd just like to say, getting back to Des's point about the, um, you know, the lack of 
blood and guts in this tournament. I think the Christian Eriksen incident might have been a factor. And you see now, if someone does go in with a, with a hard tackle and the, the opponent is lying down for a second, you see the guy picking him up. And I think that's really a, because of what happened. I think mm. the players are obviously very much aware of that. It's become a little bit too nice. Obviously, we don't want to see anything like that again. But it has become a, a bit of a nice tournament. And I think that's also because a lot of the players know each other. They play for the same club. And even if you put on a different shirt, you know, if, if you had six or seven years at, as a teammate of that of the other guys, you probably don't go in quite as hard or you don't, you don't sort of hate him quite as much as they, they used to in the past. So I think that's also a factor. Yeah. The, 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 the um, Belgium defence is a worry. It is an ageing worry. But, Craig Marias, when you can bring on the likes of De Bruyne, Witzel, uh, Eden Hazard, that, that, is, that is Roberto Martinez activating one heck of a cheat code. Yeah, I can't believe he dropped them. <laughs> no, and Lukaku uh, Let, let's go on. I mean Lukaku how good has Lukaku been uh, not great yesterday um, until De Bruyne came on uh, but I think um, like the guys were saying um, when, when De Bruyne did come on he started to find those uh, run into the channels find those spaces in behind the defence um, he played a crucial role in both goals it has to be said um, without actually having um, the assist or the goal um, so, so he did play I did have a part to play um, just going on the defence um, issue that, that Bob was speaking on Cools could have, could have played there he could have been there <laughs> uh, um, but Malaysia <laughs> but Malaysia uh, beat him to the signature uh, um, but no I, I, I agree with Bob I think you know forward um, it, it's never a problem for them um, scoring goals isn't a problem but it's just at the back um, that, that Belgium really need to, to kind of sort their stuff out. Um, they, they had Boyata in the first game. They dropped an air. Um, he was all right. They dropped Boyata for this game and they played an and he, he and he had a nightmare. Um, so th there are some real problems there for Martinez. Um, I'd be concerned about that midfield as well. Denmark overran them in that midfield. They outplayed them. Yeah. Tielemans didn't show up. Um, I don't know if all came on um, as a sub. Um, but but it's it's something to be worried about that they they're relying so heavily on Kevin De Bruyne. Um, obviously, he's a world class player, possibly the best uh, central midfielder in the world. Um, but you know when you rely too heavily on on, on someone who's maybe not even a hundred percent fit, you know it could be a problem. Um, so yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting to see how they do. Um, I still think they'll they'll go into the latter stages of the competition. I think they're going to be around for a while. But if they get a tough draw in the next round, it'll be very interesting. I thought that was the best game of the tournament so far. And, and when yeah. Schmeichel yeah. came up for that corner, I thought, wow, if he <laughs> scored this now, the, the internet and would Mourinho missed that chance. <laughs> yeah. But sorry, Des, you, you, you wouldn't say Can something. Can I get something off my chest? Obviously, everyone, the world is doing pray for Christian. It was, a, it was a very, very sad moment and the world has stopped and everyone's being so nice and they're kicking the ball out of play and everyone's applauding and De Bruyne's not celebrating. It still doesn't stop Michael Damsgaard trying to cheat and dive in the penalty area. So He did get booked play. for it, though. 
Oh, so that's all right then. That makes it fine. He was spotted. But, you know, all this sporting guff that is going on at the moment, it really, it's so hypocritical when the players continue to go out and cheat. That's one of the Danish players who's literally dived in the penalty area without any contact and nobody says anything about it because it's allowed. It's like your comment to VAR before. This crap thing came in and it was allowed to continue and now it's accepted. So cheating is accepted in top-class international sports. But that's okay. Everyone applaud and we kick the ball out of play after 10 minutes. So all's good with the world. It's not. It's not. There's a fundamental cheating problem in football and it was shown up by Michael Damsgaard. Something for you to chew on as we head into the break. Uh, back right after this. Just a shot away off the ball, Carrasco! On the ball on BFM 89.9. Wow! Calvert Lewin with a header off the crossbar. Well, that's brilliant delivery. On the ball on BFM 89.9. And we are back. Bob Craig and Des joining me to look forward to the Euro weekend. Uh, it's been a good tournament so far, despite Des saying it's sanitized and blah, blah, blah on VAR. But hey, if you want to tweet us, find us individually on Twitter or tweet at BFM Radio. Uh, also, follow us on social media. It's BFM Football on Instagram and on Facebook as well. We're going to preview the big England-Scotland game very soon. Group C uh, played their second round of matches yesterday or early this morning. First game up was the Ukraine against North Macedonia. 2-0 uh, to the Ukraine. The North Macedonians exit the tournament. Roman Yaremchuk and Andrei Yamalenko. Yamalenko is, is not your FPL player. He's your Euro fantasy player, he is. isn't he, Craig? Yeah. Steps up for the big moments. Um, <laughs> no, uh, you know, I, I feel sorry for North Macedonia. I thought they, they've been all right in this tournament. Um, they crash out, but... I mean, the displays they've shown in both matches have been absolutely top class, I think. You know, I think everyone expected them to be... Do you reckon uh, Pandev would, would, would still be around for the next one? <laughs> I'll tell you what, right? 30, another 12 30, years. 38 years old, right? You told me, Ross. <laughs> yes. But what a finish that was. I know it was disallowed. Yeah. yeah. But what a finish for that goal. I mean, uh, he's still got that bit of magic, hasn't he, with his mm. left foot? Um, but I think, I think you know, the Macedonians will go back from this tournament with a lot of... Um, with a lot of fans because they gave it everything in those two games. Um, it wasn't easy for, um, for, for either team, but um, you know, it's just that little bit of quality that they're probably lacking, you know, when you're depending on a 38 year old to, to kind of get you through and win your games, you know, there's a little bit of a problem there. Um, but you know, in terms of performances, you can't fault them. You know, they were absolutely terrific. Ukraine on the other hand, um, under Shevchenko, um, have also been good. I, I've been actually quite surprised with them. You know, they have some quality about them. Yeah. Um, I, I do reckon that, you know, they'll trouble some some teams that they come up against. I, I really do, you know. When you got Yarmolenko, he hasn't played a lot of football for West Ham. Um, but, you know, when you get him in this kind of mood, um, you just look, look at his body language, you know. He's really enjoying his football. He's fresh. Um, you know, Malinowski, I know he missed the penalty, but, you know, he, he's some player as well. They've got a few danger men up there in that squad. So um, I think Shoshenko could have something here. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's interesting to see who they come up against. But I, I do think that they, 
could potentially trouble some of the big boys. Mm. Well, uh, as far as Group C goes, the the Dutch have booked their spot in the last 16 already. It was a 2-0 win against Austria. Frank de Boer's side, Bob, I mean, I'm not reading of bust-ups a la Dutch style. (laughs) (laughs) They they, they seem to be good. I see the coach is celebrating the goals. It all looks normal for now. Touch wood. (laughs) Yeah, well, is uh, Frank de Boer a genius after all? Um, He's having a good tournament, isn't he? Um, The much maligned manager. uh, We all wrote him off. I mean, he was, he has been a disaster at a couple of places. Um, But uh, he seems to have handled this situation well. But uh, they have had a fairly comfortable ride. And um, they have gone back to a little bit of the old Dutch style. They're playing with some flair. And Memphis Depay is a pretty decent player. I don't know what you Man United fans think about him now, but he has been more or less ever since he left United. Um, but that, he, that, that's how all, all players react, Bob. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's um, he's a candidate for the golden boot, isn't he? It's, it's early, early doors. He's got one, uh, <laughs> have he scored a couple, hasn't he? Two, I think. Well, he's still a even if he has only scored one, he's still a candidate. <laughs> he's playing very well. <laughs> he's a threat, and I think um, uh, Genie Wijnaldum yeah. uh, seems to be having a lot more shots on goal than he ever did for Liverpool. He's playing uh, in a more forward role. He ran that midfield. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if he's making Jurgen Klopp think a bit. Uh, it's too late now, but late, um, yes. playing playing a little bit f- uh, further upfield than uh, he did for Liverpool, uh, he he looks a different player. Mm. So uh, again, is this is this Frank de Boer? You know. Um, anyway, the jury the jury is out. But um, yeah, I mean, it's good to see the Netherlands come through because I mean, for them, I mean, they're one of the major football nations, and for them to miss two major tournaments in a row, as they did uh, in recent years, was a big miss. And I think the tournaments were, uh, were the worst for their absence because they, their contribution to, um, to football has, has been phenomenal for, for a small country. So it's good to see them back. I don't think they can win it, but um, I think they could trouble a lot of teams. So they good on them. They they were the first or the second team to, to book their place, weren't they? Yeah. Um, Ukraine and Austria with all to play for. Um, Dumfries becomes the first Scottish side to score in consecutive <laughs> games at a European <laughs> Credit Gary Lineker for that tweet. I laughed out loud. It was that funny. Um, all right. So Group C, all to play for. Ukraine and Austria both locked on three points. Uh, who will follow Holland through? Um, let's talk about England now, because that is massive. Group D, England versus Scotland, 3 a.m. kickoff. Um, yeah, it's it's the old enemy. Um, England, obviously, big favourites going into this one, Craig. So will Gareth Southgate change it up? Uh, um, there, there's talk of maybe the fullbacks changing. Uh, what else do you think might or might not? Yeah, I think uh, Harry Maguire comes back into that squad. Um, I think it's really important for him to get a game, um, you, know, um, you know, right now in the group stages rather than later on in the competition, throwing him into 
the deep end uh, in the knockout rounds. Uh, so I think it's important that he starts um, alongside Stones. Um, as you mentioned, I think the fullbacks will change. I think um, I think it's still a toss-up between Shaw and Chilwell, to be honest with you. I, I really can't pick um, who the better one is. Um, I think they're both equally um, have their strengths and, and you know are deserving of a spot in that starting eleven. Um, so, so it'll be interesting to see what Gareth Southgate does in, in, in regards to that. Um, Walker was really poor, I thought, um, against Croatia. Um, had a few nervy moments. Um, I, I just put Trippier um, uh, over there um, and, and you know give give Walker a bit of a breather. Um, and I think the big the big question um, is Jack Grealish. Um, you know, there's a lot of talk about him coming into this tournament. The, the internet uh, demands Grealish starts. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's fair. It's fair because um, he's he's a very talented player. Played well in the warm-up games. Um, offers something different to to what um, the guys in um, that start the Croatia match. Um, but the question is, who do you drop for him? Now, I think off air, me and Bob, you know, we went through a few players, and you know, Sterling scored the goal for for, for England, scored the winner. Can, can you drop him? Probably not. Uh, Foden came close. Um, he was a threat every time he cut in from that that right hand side with his left foot, hit the post. Um, so was unlucky. Uh, but when he had the ball, he was magic. Um, Mason Mount does a job for the team. He's disciplined. Um, you know, he's exactly what you want in a player uh, if you're a manager. Uh, Phillips man of the match performance. Declan Rice was was pretty good breaking up playing that midfield. Who do you drop for Jack Grealish? How does he yeah. fit in? Um, yeah. It's a big conundrum for, for Gareth Southgate. And um, yes, people are going to be demanding it, but Gareth Southgate's his own man. He knows um, his best 11, I'm sure, already. Uh, I'd like to think that Gareth Southgate will do what he did in, in, in Russia, uh, which is go for the six points in the first two games and then uh, completely change uh, the, the team, the dead rubber. Uh, I think that's what he'll probably do. I think that's what you know the likes of Italy probably will do as well. Um, and yeah, it's going to be a good match. It really is. I'm looking forward to it. The only shame about this is that it's at 3 a.m. Um, <laughs> and it might not get as many eyeballs this part of the world that, that it should. Uh, but it's a crack of a match. And if you're ever going to stay up for one of uh, the matches in the group stages, I think this should be right up there with them. Two words, people. Tonkat Ali. Get it now. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I mean, all right then. Uh, for the Scots, let's let's give give them a bit of coverage as well. There's Corkill, um, Kieran Tierney. I'm reading that uh, Steve Clark says there's a chance that he can he's needed. I mean, if you see how Scotland played in the last game, Tierney missing is a big part of, of Scotland. Uh, yes, I, I, I wouldn't pretend to have watched them uh, microscopically, but uh, he adds maybe a little bit of balance down the left-hand side where uh, Andy Robertson plays as the wing-back. They play that uh, three at the back, and it did look a little bit unbalanced, Hanley Cooper and, and Jack Hendry. Uh, so Tierney coming in on the left side of that three may well help them, but I don't think that's their problem. They were beaten by an outrageously sensational goal and, um, and, and <laughs> a Fabulous header as well. Could, could Marshall, people... if Marshall stayed on his line, would he have stopped it or, or further back? Well, uh, not 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 on his line. He's right to be. He's right to be uh, out out of his goal, but he's not right to be halfway towards um, Motherwell. Uh, but but <laughs> he's, he's a long long way out. So so yeah, I, I I 
I put him five or ten yards too far ahead. But tell you what, he did not sprint. He realised as soon as that had came, because he was sprinting back hell for leather. And uh, it was the dying fly that was so tragic for, a, for a goalkeeper. But um, they, they are one in a million goals. Uh, Schick's first goal, his header was just wonderful. He's risen above two players and, and he's got in. So Greg's called the England game against Czech Republic a dead rubber. I don't think it is because the Czech Republic will, will, will fancy themselves getting through and England would want to keep home advantage so they, they shouldn't um, change the team too much. But as for the Scots, keep it tight. Keep it tight because they're not going to score many. They're only ever going to score one, two, two on, on a really good day. Uh, they just can't afford to concede goals. So Tierney keeping it tight. McTominay uh, and McGinn in the heart of midfield being a little bit tighter and a little bit more compact. And I think that's the way the, 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 the Scots are going to have to play this. They can't go out and try and win it. They can't go out and try and be gung-ho. Otherwise, they'll be picked apart by England. All right. Going into the break with Bob telling us that if we were going to shoehorn Jack Grealish in, how would we do it? And, and would you add anyone else to that starting eleven for England? Uh well, I would uh, I would play Grealish uh, definitely. I think he's the uh, the best creative player that we have. Uh, I think he was missed against Croatia. I mean, everyone is singing the praises, saying England did okay. They did okay, just about, but not great. And there were times when there was a lack of creativity. You wondered where where is the link man? And I did spot Grealish. It looked as if he was going to come on yeah. at one point. We saw him on the, on the touchline uh, after about an hour. And I thought, OK. But then he didn't come on because they had a bit of a rejig. And, uh, well, they scored, didn't they? That, that, that was, uh, they scored in the 50-something minutes. Pesky details. Pesky uh, details. <laughs> yeah. So that, that caused uh, Gareth Southgate to have a, a slight rethink. And so we never saw Grealish at all. But he is far and away our most creative player. Mm. And, you know, we've been getting a little bit excited about these young English players over the last year or two. But if they're not going to play, then... It's nothing much to get excited about, is there? I mean, I remember you and I, Ross, we were talking about Sancho and Saka <laughs> and, and Grealish, you know. But, but they're, not, they're not there, are they? They're not playing. You know, it's uh, good old Gareth, cautious Gareth, you know. <laughs> Trippier, Kyle Walker, you know, well, the Fulton, old reliable. Fulton, Sterling and Mount, that's pretty ambitious. Fulton, Sterling and Mount in the same starting lineup behind Kane. That's a back, uh... it's, it's okay, but it's not, I don't think it's quite as uh, ambitious as it could be. I, I mean, I, I, I think that Grealish is, is the, the business. I hope I haven't talked him up too much. No, I, I'm, now. I'm, I'm, I'm nodding my head agreeing with Bob. I, I think the creative for England in midfield does come from Jack Grealish. All right, we're, we're going to our final break. Uh, more, obviously, about the biggest competition in the world. Copyright trademark next. Away from one expected challenge, Grealish goes again. Sancho still with him. Those two have combined really well. It's Sancho with a hit. On the ball on BFM 89.9. Pass here for Kylian Mbappe, and it's a whisker away from doubling the lead. On the ball on BFM 89.9. And we're back. Yes, before the break, I said biggest cop up for me. 
the Euros is even bigger than the World Cup. You don't get your Panamas and all your nonsense teams in there. They're all really tough teams. But Go North just... Macedonia. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. North Macedonia would beat all the CONCACAF sides. Easily. <laughs> easily. All right, let's talk about some of the other games happening. Uh, there's a 9pm game, Group E play their second round of matches. Uh, Sweden versus Slovakia face off at 9 p.m. Uh, it's going to be held at St. Petersburg, uh, Sweden. I mean, at the moment, both, both these sides really need the win to, to kickstart and uh, get them back into it. Des, do you fancy anyone here? <laughs> I'm sorry, I left you with this one. You have, I've not been paying the hugest amount of attention to, to this group. Um, the Swedes have been very Swedish. Uh, they've been organised. They, they should have got that win. They shouldn't. They um, was it Berg who put that uh, really good chance wide in, in the last minute. So they 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 should have got um, uh, they should have got the win. Slovakia. I don't know anything about them. You have given me an absolute bitch of a question here, Ross. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't have a lot to contribute on this. Not a lot to contribute. Uh, a belated beep for this. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, I can add that Sweden will have the Juve winger Kuluzevski back. Now, he's he's a big player for them. Janne Andersson's side actually did stifle the Spaniards in Seville. So they have got a point. Um, that's maybe more Spain's deficiencies than anything exactly. else. Exactly. Spain, Spain yeah. with Morata from Morata's getting a lot of stick, I understand, back, back, um, back home and uh, no Real Madrid players. They might come back to, to haunt uh, the, the Spanish. But um, how they don't score many goals, Spain, do they? They yeah. play beautiful, beautiful football. World uh, world record number of passes or competition record passes in the first half, but no goals. Well, this even is it. when they won uh, the World Cup and uh, when they were dominant, they didn't score that many. You know, in relation to their possession and their their actual brilliance. I mean, they were they were wonderful to watch, but they didn't score a heck of a lot of goals. But you always thought they would. There was always a Torres there, and, and this lot. You know, is Morata going to do it? Mm, don't know. What what I'm hearing from from Bob and Des here is that they're saying Spain is just the more fancy Greece. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's stretching it. <laughs> no, but just yeah. just go. I uh, mean, just while we're talking about Spain, um, yeah, no, they, they think, take I on think... Poland tonight, so, so that's a three a.m. game. They got to yeah. win this one, Craig. Yeah, they, they have to. Um, I, I I suspect that Luis Enrique will be making changes to this side. Um, I thought. How, you know, how can they... you how can you inject more cutting edge for them? Who would you put instead of Morata? Moreno. Yeah. Uh, I'd, I'd bring Moreno straight into that side um, instead of Morata. Um, you know, I think everything about the way the Spanish played uh, against Sweden was good, you know, but they just lacked that bit of quality in the final third. You know, they, you, you go back through the years and you remember those times when you had Iniesta and Javi in that midfield, they could pick that, that, that pass, you know, split that defence, you know, see that small opening um, and you have someone like Torres running onto it. I mean, they're good in possession. They, they pass the ball from sideways, um, but, but there's just no cutting edge. That, that final ball into the box is poor. It's just not good enough. Um, so I expect that to change. Um, uh, I mean, who else? Uh, I mean, I, I didn't think they were bad. I, I thought Spain were good. You know, I, I just thought Sweden just sat back and, and just trying to pick them off on the counter. Yeah. Um, it's always hard when, when you have a low block like that. Um, 
I, I, I think, you know, Moreno for, for Morata would be the only change I'd probably make going into this um, and then just seeing how it goes. Uh, but the Spanish have to win and uh, I expect them to. I think I think they'll come away with this with a few points. Yeah, and, and so do the Poles, really. They were very disappointing in their 2-1 loss to Slovakia. Um, Robert Lewandowski played like well, how I do as a number nine. I think the red card made a difference. As well. <laughs> it, it did, really. So, <laughs> all to play for. Who knows? Poland, Lewandowski might shut us all at home, shut me up, and then yeah, actually yeah. turn up with a hat trick. It's possible uh, he can bully that defense. All right, let's talk about Group F, the group of death. Hungary versus France is your Saturday 9 p.m. game. France, at the moment, top by virtue of that 1-0 win over Germany. They can book their spot in the last 16 with another win over Hungary here, Des Korkil. Uh, do you like the way France are looking? Yeah, I, th- I thought they were, they were very good. It was, a, it was a good game. It was a competitive game against Germany. Uh, Kante. Oh, I just adore that, that fella. Um, as, as a player, I've, I've been purring over him for four or five years. And, oh, gosh, he's, he's everywhere. He makes others better yeah he helps Pogba he helps the front guys Griezmann works very hard I've got to say that they defended very well as a group there was a togetherness about that French side but any team with N'Golo Kante in it is going to have that togetherness because I think he's a bonding unit he's there seems to be three of him that's that's the thing with him he's so little he's in these uh, there's three of him spread out over the pitch because he's so quick over the ground doesn't take any uh, big thing um uh, silly passes, wins it passes, wins it passes, wins it passes. And then they've got Mbappe, who's just uh, terrifying. So, yeah, I've been, I've been impressed with France. They they were the pre-tournament favourites. And the more you look at them, when you have a chance to look at them for 90 minutes, they were controlled against Germany. They deserved the victory. It was a 1-0 battering against uh, a side who many... They had two goals disallowed in that game, didn't they? Mbappe yeah, they, scored they, they, a beauty curler into the corner. They were very, very good. Um, I've got to say, I love Mbappe. Love, love, uh, love Kante. Yeah, you can so, get at them though. I think. Yeah, uh, yeah, I, I, I believe so. Um, unlike Paul Pogba at his post-match conferences, Bob, I, I suspect you would get a crate of Heineken moved onto <laughs> the bench. <laughs> <laughs> so, how good are the French, Bob? <laughs> oh, uh, how good are they? Uh, well, I think I agree with Des. Um, yeah, I think they've uh, firmed up as tournament favourites on what we've seen of them so far. They don't seem to have a weakness. You, you know, you go through the team and and then the squad, uh, the bench is pretty good as well, isn't it? <laughs> um, really, yeah. I mean, they've got the pace and dynamism of Mbappe. They've got I mean, Pogba is actually playing well. And you can, and I mean, you know, for more than a couple of minutes at a time. Uh, he's one of those players that it seems to be playing better for his country than his club. No more cameos. He's playing the whole match now. And, you know, he, he's a class player. He's a world-class player. So with, I mean, when you've got him and Kante in midfield and Mbappe up front and Griezmann, Again, playing better than he does for Barcelona. Uh, you've really got a tremendous side and they're going to take some beating. Uh, so uh, Hungary, the weakest team in that uh, group. 
and I don't think, I mean, although they did okay against Portugal, I think um, Portugal were a little bit fortunate to win 3-0. I mean, they didn't score until about the 84th minute and Hungary gave them a good go. But um, I think France are, have, have just got too much for them. And yeah. uh, I don't see any problem for, for France here. Yeah, Marco Rossi's Hungary uh, have got their work cut out Saturday, 9 p.m., that one. The two giants kick off Sunday, 3 a.m., uh, Group F tie, Portugal, Germany. Of course, uh, Cristiano Ronaldo, Craig, broke all the records. He's now the top scorer at Euros. He's after Ali Dai's record now. I believe he's only three goals away. He might even get them in this game. I don't know. <laughs> he's past Mark Tadari, right? <laughs> yes, he is. Yeah. Um, no, uh, I, I mean, I was I was watching this Portugal game and I thought this is going to be like Spain. You know, they were absolutely dominant, um, but just couldn't find that that one pass, you know, couldn't break the deadlock. Um, and and what, once they did get it, you know, then it was, you know, it was all over. Um, but there's just so much quality in this Portuguese side. Yeah. There really is. And, and they've got to be up there with, you know, dark horses when you talk about your Italy's. Um, <clears throat> I, I really do think Portugal are there. They've got that quality. Um, it's just that, you know, Bruno Fernandes, for example, didn't really turn up in that first game. You know, he was poor. Bernardo Silva, yeah, didn't, didn't do enough. Um, they still got, you know, Jota as well. I had so many chances to get them to the score sheet. You know, missed, missed some really good chances. And it's a little bit worrying. It's a little bit worrying. But... Um, you know, as as the tournament goes on, you know, some some players find their rhythm, find a bit of form, and and they crack on. But um, I think you know, getting getting three points in the first game is always crucial, and they got that. This is a big big test for them, massive test to their credentials to to tell us actually where where whereabouts they are. Um, I didn't think Germany were that bad actually uh, against France. Um, I, I thought they did better. They did better than I expected. You know, let's not forget it's a young squad. It's it's got a nice blend. Of, of, you know, a couple of experienced players, ones who were dropped uh, by uh, uh, Joaquin Love uh, not too long ago, but he's recalled them into the squad. Um, and then you've got, you know, your Kai Havertz, you know, fantastic uh, talent, Serge Gnabry. Um, so, so they do have some quality young players uh, that can really affect games um, in, in that final third. I think this is going to be a really good match. Um, and can you see the Germans going out in the first, yeah, you know, in the group stages? Yeah, I don't. I don't think so. It's something just tells me it's not going to happen. So uh, I'm going to go with uh, Germany in this. Yeah, well, they need something from this one. Leroy Sané, Timo Werner, and Kevin Volland came off the bench uh, for the Germans last time. Have they done enough to start? Uh, Yogi Love, I don't know. Is he going to keep scratching and sniffing? We will find out. <laughs> <laughs> and and we'll talk about it all next week for you. We're out of time, so I've got to say thanks to Bob Holmes. Thanks, everybody. Thanks to Craig Marias. Thank you very much. Enjoy the football. Come on, England. I know, I know, Des. I'm sorry we didn't get time to talk about the Malaysia win over Thailand. I know you wanted to, but uh, hey, thanks for your contribution today. My pleasure. A thumbs up to Malaysia. Uh, I think coming third in, in that tough group is good. And come next year, they're in, they've still got a chance of making the Asian Cup. World Cup dream is gone, but the Asian Cup is there. And we have got a weather bogey team for Thailand. So it's all very good. <laughs> Have a great weekend, everybody. Bye now. Follow BFM Football on Facebook and catch On the Ball on BFM 89.9. We are the people we've been waiting for.
Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.